This is the Man in Black, here to introduce this weekly half hour of Suspense. Tonight from Hollywood, we bring you, in response to requests from many thousands of listeners, Miss Agnes Moorhead, in one of the most famous suspense plays this series has ever presented, Sorry, Wrong Number. But before we raise the curtain on suspense, here is a message from your host, the Roma Wine Company of Fresno, California. Your call, please. Operator, I've been dialing Murray Hill 40098 now for the last three quarters of an hour, and the line is always busy. I don't see how it could be busy that long. Will you try it for me, please? I will be glad to try that number for you. One moment, please. I don't see how it could be busy all this time. It's my husband's office. He's working late tonight, and I'm all alone here in the house. My health is very poor, and I've been feeling so nervous all day. Bringing Murray Hill 40098. to the hyperfixation where my friends come onto our show to tell us about things that excite them for 30 45 minutes so i can acquire an approximate knowledge of many things my name is roma i use the they and them pronouns and today i'm joined today by wheels hey i'm wheels i use they or she pronouns hell yeah um so today you well not today but earlier earlier in the month earlier a while ago <laughs> i have been awake for too long uh, you have reached Feel out you. to me <laughs> to talk about Golden Age Radio. Is that correct? Yep, you got it right. Um, you Hell can either yeah. call it Golden Age Radio, or uh, it's also often called Old Time Radio, which, <laughs> which like has, it just like communicates the vibe very well. I feel like uh, mm-hmm. calling it Old Time Radio, uh, or often abbreviated OTR. Um, but talking about the era pre-television in which the radio was the primary place that uh, many countries were going to for both, you know, both to listen to music, but also for like serialized entertainment of of all kinds. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited to talk about it. Absolutely. I have very limited experience with uh, Golden Age Radio. Um, I've always been excited to hear more of it. Um, I mean, it's been featured in a lot of like video games or movies or even like, uh, what was it? It's not Home Alone. It's the one with the lamp that's the the sexy leg lamp. Oh, a Christmas story? Yeah, in the Christmas story, they, they would like all get around the radio and like listen to whatever's happening. Am I getting my oh, movies yeah, mixed right. up? Yeah, yeah, I forgot yeah. about that scene. So just stuff like that or even um, Drunk History. There was an episode where they talked about how... It was Superman versus the KKK, and there uh-huh. was an audio drama that was uh, basically Superman against the 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 cults of the Flaming Red Dragon or something like that. Um, uh, uh, yeah, the Superman show was pretty wild. <laughs> <laughs> so there, it, I've always, I've been fascinated by it, but I've never like dipped my toe into that world officially. So yeah. this is this is me dipping my toe in. So thank you for being here. <laughs> yeah, of course, I'm really happy to be here. Um. So when did when did this hyperfixation begin for you? Has it been your entire life or has it been as of late? 
No, it's recent, so I'm I'm no by no means an expert. Um, but it was, you know, I had uh, as you were mentioning, it kind of comes up uh, everywhere. Part of the reason is that like there wasn't the structure in place to copyright these broadcasts when they were broadcasted. So even though they're not like so old, they would be in public domain if they were written works. There just wasn't the legal framework to even copyright them when they were broad to copyright broadcasts when they were broadcasted. Mm-hmm. So um, they're not like you wouldn't technically call them public domain, but they are uncopyrighted. So you can just use them in anything. So they kind of crop up here and there all over the place. So I had encountered it like incidentally that way. Um, there are a lot of like local radio stations that will broadcast it or have like uh, a few hours of the week where they will um, because it's a good way to fill time um, because it's it's free uh, content. It's free real estate. It's free real um, estate. But yeah, uh, so I had been aware of it and I had heard a few episodes of a few shows here or there that I was really impressed by, especially as someone who works in audio fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but during the pandemic, I decided that I wanted to get more into it, mostly for that reason. Like if I'm going to be <laughs> making audio fiction on a weekly basis, I, sh- I should probably dip my toe into the the medium's golden age um and so i started listening to it over the pandemic and um uh the way i I would recommend this to listeners as well one uh very helpful tool for getting me into it was a podcast called the mysterious old radio listening society where there's just uh, a bunch of guys uh who they will put a quick historical spiel at the top to explain what you're about to listen to they'll have a then they'll play an old radio broadcast and then they'll have a discussion of it afterwards it was a really good uh way for me to get like a survey of what was and not that they covered everything um, but it was a, a survey of some of the stuff that was out there and also the historical context was was helpful in making me learn enough to be able to you know, learn the search keywords to net, to mm-hmm. find the rest of the stuff I was looking for. Um, so that's how I got into it. But also, I have an inability to fall asleep without uh, listening to something. So Same. it has slotted into that role in my life. And I it's it it's a seemingly endless source of content to fall asleep to because it's literally decades of countless shows um although uh sadly a lot of them uh, a lot of the episodes don't exist anymore because they weren't preserved but for a lot of shows we have uh, almost their entire runs um and for others we have you know enough to to listen to so there's it, it there's so much out there to listen to so it's been consuming a lot of my listening hell yeah um that that speaks to me honestly as i uh my my bedtime need to listen to has been drawfy and i am running out oh yeah <laughs> i'm running out of content and uh i it's stressing me out so this might be my new bedtime listening yeah i would recommend it it's it's it can be hard to recommend people where like exactly what show to start with because the genre menu essentially was very mm-hmm. different in the uh late you know the there were 
radio broadcasts of this variety as early as like 1920. But in terms of like broadcasts that we still have recordings of, the earliest stuff is in the 30s. So when you're talking about like the 30s through the 50s, that that kind of window that we're talking about, it's just like way different genres. Like instead of our current like superhero obsession, for instance, like there's a ton of Westerns and a ton of um, detective mysteries and um, a lot of soap operas. Um, and so, yeah, it's just a different array of genres than you might be used to. So it's hard. It's uh, it can be hard to pick one to start out with. So I just figured I would talk about uh, a few shows that I like mm-hmm. um, in that detective category. There's a show called Candy Matson Yukon 28209, which is a great title because it has the, the end of it is like kind of bewildering sounding because that's. But it would make sense to uh, a listener in the era because the the Yukon 28209 bit is Mm -hmm. um, that's the format of old telephone numbers in America. Uh, It would be like Citadel 4516 or whatever. Like there was there's I don't know how it worked, but there were like words involved in your phone number. (laughs) Seems complicated to me. Oh, like Um, when you had to go to like an operator, like you're like operator, take me here, and the operator be like, "Bring me Boston twenty five, twenty five. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, exactly. Um, But so anyway, the premise of the show is that her phone number is Yukon two eight two zero nine. So that's why called Candy Mats in two eight two zero nine. But anyway, it is it's a private detective show. uh, out of San Francisco, I believe, and it's also where it's set. And uh, it was by a husband and wife duo. And oh, uh, yeah. he, the the guy was was like working on creating it, and someone suggested to him like the the character is boring, or uh, like why are the detectives always men? And then he was like, oh, that's a great point. And so then he just cast his wife in the lead role because she's an actor. Um, it works. So that's how. Uh, let me pull up the name. It's Monty Masters and why well, I'm, I'm blanking on her name. Um, so let me look up him. Natalie. Oh, right. Uh, Natalie Parks um, is his wife. So the two of them uh, created the show together. And because of the era, it's kind of a gimmick in and of itself, like a woman detective. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> uh, so- so like to a degree that's like it's it, it is supposed to be novel to the listener that she is a woman who is solving crimes. Um, but uh, it's really lovingly written and it's a detective comedy specifically. So there are a lot of really serious detective shows and a lot of really goofy detective shows in that era. But this was specifically one um, that's kind of lampooning the genre a little bit more interested in witty dialogue and jokes and um likable characters than in like a real well we're gonna trick you mystery Mm -hmm. um really really fun listen that might be uh uh, candy matson might just be a general recommend to listeners as hard as it is to pick something like that it's just very delightful there's also a like there I want I would say canonical, but that might be going a little too far. There's mm-hmm. a gay character in it. Um, oh, hell yeah. Her best friend is it's like they would they wouldn't call him that for a variety of reasons, because 
you know, we're talking like free Stonewall here. So the language is yeah. really different. Or, uh, but you can just tell by the character and the performance that it's a gay character. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So it's neat to see that. And Absolutely. also it's just really funny and pleasant. So that's a good uh, place to start. It sounded like you were going to ask a question. Oh, I'm just uh, uh, I, thinking about the queer coded characters of history. Uh, that would be a fun YouTube channel to go through of like, yep. Yeah. This one, uh, this this one right here. Very likely. Un- unconfirmed, uncanon, but likely. <laughs> That's a really good idea. Someone should do that. Someone should do um, that. Give me credit. But <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, TM, TM, TM. Um, or you know what? Not TM. I love the fact that all of this stuff is freely available by mm-hmm. that illegal quirk because it makes it very easy to get into. You can find basically all of these shows on like archive.org or um, uh, there's a website otrr.org it's the otr researchers uh is the name of that organization so there's a lot of places where you can just find all these shows for free just download them um Mm -hmm. there's even a website that i use forbl.co.uk f-o-u-r-b-l-e.co.uk that'll let you turn those archive.org feeds into podcast feeds so a lot of easy ways to get into it um, anyway, that's a tangent off from just to conclude on Candy Matson. Yeah. Uh, there's a cautionary tale there because it's an example of a show where uh, lack of of infrastructure to preserve that media um, or even the intention, really, like the thought was like, OK, we broadcast these people are going to listen to them once. And it's like you don't think of all like stage productions of like oh these need to be captured and that's not uh, yeah that's not how they were thinking of them so uh, of the hundreds of episodes that were produced i think it's like between one and 200 episodes that were produced wow um, only 14 remain uh they're all bangers so it's a real <laughs> it's a real shame the rest of the show doesn't exist but um yeah. it makes it, it's uh it's it's really good what we still have. Um, so that's Kanye Matson. Um, I was, and I mentioned this before we started recording. Uh, but now I'm now that I'm putting some more puzzle pieces together in my head. Uh, so I was I was at my mom's house before recording, and I was talking to her partner, and Sean was telling me that he he used to be super big into radio. Um, he still has all the equipment. He's part of like a community that like. If someone needs you to show up and like set them up for a radio or podcast recording, he will show up and set you up and break down and leave. Like he's he's got a lot of cool stuff, Um, but he also has just piles and piles of tape recordings from when like local college radio stations would broadcast these these old time radio shows. And he would stick his tape recorder, excuse me, up to the, the speaker, basically, and like save it for later. In the 80s, he would go to these conventions to meet some of these people who made these mm-hmm. radio shows. And because I, I was I just told him, like, hey, I got to I got to leave by a certain time because I got to go to this. We're going to talk about Golden Age Radio. And he like snapped his neck. He's like, what? <laughs> I'm so into this. And so I'm thinking about it because he told me he has a whole case, like a whole box, unlabeled yeah. box of all these recordings. And was telling me about how on eBay people would sell these recordings yep. on eBay. And I'm like. I wonder if 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 we all put our our noggins together and our box recordings together, would we get all of the episodes? Because like, who whom's can say like what gold yeah. and missing episodes the, are out there? There's there there are still episodes being added to circulation. 
um, all the time. Uh, so, you know, so, you know, more episodes of Candy Matson, uh, for example, could arise in the future. There is always that hope. So uh, if any, yeah, anybody who knows anyone who has a collection of tapes like that, make sure they know what they have because mm-hmm. they might have an episode that only they have if they, mm-hmm. you know, happen to get it at like a particular convention or whatever. And that is mm-hmm. a good segue into kind of the history bits that, um, a lot of the recordings that we do have are the result of either, um, as you said, um, listeners, enthusiasts of of the of radio, both at the time and later, who are yeah swapping these recordings of their favorites. Um, but also, um, the World War Two um, has a pretty huge impact on uh, the history of of radio and a lot of military uh bases in you know many countries but uh you know i i mostly know the english language history of course Mm because uh you know that's my native language Mm -hmm. so like uh the for instance um the there was the armed forces radio service i believe it was called that um in american military bases there would be uh, they would have their own like shortwave radio broadcasts to the crew, both for informational purposes, of course, and instructional reasons, but um, also just for entertainment. Um, and so a lot of these and and so the like the military would request these these companies that produce the broadcast to send us, you know, send us a one of the few master recordings you make or whatever, and then we will rebroadcast it for the troops. And um, that that is one of the reasons that we still have um, copies of a lot of episodes. Mm. Uh, and so, like, there will be like random uh, episodes where we don't have the whole thing because, like, the military, like, radio service commanding you know, the the person in charge of like censoring had to cut out all the ads, uh, and also. Uh, yeah, usually it's just like any like product placement that they have to cut out. Uh, and so often you'll get episodes where like the only extant versions have like some army guy at the beginning going like, ah, if from like 1942 <laughs> being like, or three or whatever, being like, ah, hey guys, you're about to listen to an episode of the Inner Sanctum. Uh, uh, enjoy it. <laughs> and then like the actual show intro will play. Uh, it's just a really neat uh, peek into time. But also, uh that uh military um influence goes further because you've got a bunch of people learning how to use radio equipment in the war um and then they come back and either become um you know people working in the industry or um just enthusiasts or ham radio enthusiasts mm-hmm. um uh and so like that the war kind of accelerates a lot of uh the interest and expertise in radio uh but let's see that i should probably start i should probably mention a different different show at this point um another one that listeners should definitely check out um is suspense this was one of the most like candy matson wasn't doesn't let the the previous show wasn't necessarily like one of the biggest shows in the world it just happens to be like one of my favorite shows yeah suspense was one of the biggest shows um, of its time and uh it was an anthology program of as the title would suggest suspense stories mm-hmm. once you get past like a f- 
four or five kind of rough start first it's like it's literally like recommending a podcast it's like yeah. once you get past like they're kind of figuring themselves out in the mm-hmm. first few episodes but like after <laughs> but like <laughs> get, listen to like at least three and see if you like it um but no like the yeah after a, and because of an anthology program you don't have to start at the beginning so uh yeah but anyway there's a, a huge catalog of these anthology suspense stories that would star huge, huge names of the time, like Orson Welles, um, yeah, yeah. Agnes Moorhead, who, you know, uh, these names might not mean anything to my I've heard of them but, before, so that, yeah, that means yeah, something. But, but uh, yeah, big names of the era and, and um, yeah, in, in really well-written suspense stories. Uh, so that's uh, suspense. Um, there was also a competitor program that was, uh, quite similar and all, but kind of like lower budget and scrappier called Escape that mm-hmm. had similar vibes that listeners might also like. Um, there were a lot of anthology shows um, generally. Um, there are also a lot of like, uh, uh, it, um, I guess you like, I like you, I would, they are horror shows, uh, but the vibe is so different when we're talking about horror from uh, that many years ago. Um, yeah, I was curious about that. Like, what 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 is what is scary back in in nineteen forties versus scary now? Because scary now is like some Black yeah. Mirror stuff or like some some really culty like like supernatural horror stuff. But I uh, y- yeah, you bet. Um, and that's a good uh, reminder for me about a caveat I should have said earlier. Because this stuff is as old as it is. So are the sensibilities. So sometimes the content is uh, in a modern context, a bummer. Um, <laughs> but, you know, that's just the, the, the fact of the matter. It's kind of it's kind of hard to avoid when we're talking about media that's 70 plus years old. Yeah. Um, that being said, um, a lot of these horror stories deal with like fear. They're like. That kind of like morality tale. This is like the stuff that would like later inspire uh, a Twilight Zone or like Tales from the Crypt. So mm-hmm. these like morality tale stories of like the supernatural, uh, <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. racist stereotypes about what a witch or a, 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 a magic user looks like. There's like I said, a lot of like outdated um, either like racial horror like Ugh. being worried of the other a lot of like you know that a lot of those a lot of other um axes of oppression kind of show up like that too a lot of them are like just like women be crazy <laughs> and scary um, but anyway um um beyond that there are also a lot of um in that period there are a lot of fears about well, one really good uh, episode of suspense is like a home invasion story, um, which I mean, I guess since you can, these are all uncopyrighted. As I said, you could even like tack an episode on the end of this, and a good one to do would be suspenses, uh, and I can link it to you. Uh, Sorry, wrong number is a home invasion story where uh, this that's an Agnes Moorhead episode. She is she plays a bedridden um, woman who is home alone while her husband is out late at work and it's like the it plays on like the horror of being 
the the mods accidentally pulled you into the wrong Discord t- channel because she's like trying to make a call, but the operator somehow gets her onto someone else's private call, and she overhears the planning of a break in. <gasps> And at the more she listens, and they can't hear her, uh, so all she can do is listen, and she hears just enough details that um, it begins to describe where she lives, uh, and it spirals from there and gets very scary. That would be maybe a good episode That's... Uh, to flop. Honestly, that in. is pretty terrifying. Um... It's horrifying. Yeah. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a really effective um horror piece so there's that another horror anthology show that's that's worth noting is uh lights out which is was created by this guy arch obler which is just a a a good name (laughs) um arch obler was awesome he was like uh if i remember if i'm remembering my history correct i think he was like a leftist and all of these things a very interesting artist he was uh, one of the, uh, along with um, another artist, Willis Cooper, uh, Willis Cooper actually started that show, actually, now that I'm uh, remembering my history better. Willis Cooper started Lights Out, but after its first few years, he ended up handing it off to Arch Obler. And we have way more of the Arch Obler episodes just because we have way more of the later years of radio generally. Yeah. We have a lot more uh, of the Arch Obler years. Um, but. Both of them, um, because Willis Cooper would go on to uh, create a show called Quiet, Please, uh, from which we do have uh, surviving episodes. So both of them between those two shows, um, as as well as a lot of other people, um, especially if if you want to talk about uh, in radio of other languages. But in terms of English, they are some of the earliest that are doing that type of like first person narration horror that is like. I don't know. It's kind of like everything that you hear in like modern audio. There's a mm-hmm. lot of like, you know, horror fiction podcasts that that trade exclusively, you know, on that format. And that's kind of where it was um, figured out. Um, and a lot of those stories are there is some like science fiction adjacent fears because like, you know, th- this is before like in most of these cases we're talking like before the the nuclear bomb would kind of change what sci-fi horror meant but there are still like um kind of proto sci-fi and i mean they are sci-fi but just different than than what we would recognize as sci-fi these kind of like sci-fi um horror things about monsters or um uh, a lot of fears about i i guess you would say like fear of getting mental illness or like you oh know fear God. of of losing, you know, of losing control or 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 um, connection to reality. Um, Arch Obler's work on Lights Out in particular has a lot of protagonists whose narration, as the story goes on, gets more and more frenetic and stream of consciousness as they get into the scarier and and less, uh, you know, the the world of horror that makes less and less sense. Mm-hmm. And and their even you know their narration starts to get. Uh, more and more frenetic. Uh, he was he was great at that type of um, horror narration story. Um, all of them recognizing that like the the audio medium is very conducive to horror because mm-hmm. 
the listener is imagining the thing that scares them as opposed to you showing it and the viewer being like, yeah, that CG is dog shit (laughs) or whatever. The CG in your imagination. um, I mean, I guess everyone's different in in terms of what they can imagine, but um, many people's uh, imagination uh, can conjure up some pretty terrifying uh imagery so uh i find it very effective i am curious to see uh and i'm sorry if i if i cut you off Um, nope so i in in college i took a handful of classes um i really hope this professor isn't listening to my podcast that would be real (laughs) wild if he was but i had a huge crush on this professor nothing came of it but um i took a lot of his classes even my my college uh guidance counselor was like why are you doing this i'm like i'm just really into history <laughs> but uh so he had a handful of classes called uh what was it the 20th century uh culture what is it 20th century cultural politics of music and then i took the same thing but a film and we got to watch a lot yeah. of like uh films i think uh i can't remember which one they which specifically comes to mind like we watched you know who framed roger rabbit um the one where they came from space and it was like plants turning into people and uh, doing odd people or or um the invasion of the body snatchers Pro- uh, anyway probably invasion of the body <laughs> snatchers. wait pod people is the b movie i think invasion of the body snatchers or what's the other one i'm thinking i guess i don't think day the earth stood still has i think we watched that one too but yeah anyway yeah, I, I have a I have a film theory degree, so I have fond memories of oh, many yeah. uh, such courses. Yeah, I, it's very fun to have, it, or it was very fun to have class just be show up and watch a movie, and then next class we'll talk about it. Exactly, and like the but I really love that we got to you know not just sit and watch movies. Like he did passionately care about what we were talking about, and I'm sure same thing with your classes where we got to analyze it and like look at what was going on in the world at the same time and what was being represented. And so I'm kind of curious to see the timelines in tandem of what was going on with radio and with movies simultaneously, like what paces yeah. were they moving at? Like I, I would find this to be super fascinating, especially with, uh, you know, now that we're talking about the horror genre of like, uh, you know, how did they both react? Did one get like scarier faster than the other or uh, was movies trying to keep up or, did movies pour people from well no because radio was around first so did like radio pour people into watching i'm just very curious about the whole the the science and the statistics behind it but i know it'd be very difficult to acquire that statistics yeah the interplay between all those mediums is really interesting and that brings up a good point uh that I wouldn't have thought to mention otherwise. Um, there were a, a good number of programs that were essentially uh, the the one that we have a lot of episodes for that's uh, like mostly good is one called the Lux. I think it was called Lux Radio Theater of the Air, I think was the full title. But I'm sure if you just look up uh, Lux Radio Theater, um, it'll come up L-U-X. But uh, it and other shows like it would involve... Um, making adaptations radio adaptations usually truncated like a uh, short versions of movies that were playing at the time Ooh. so it's like you would hear like the 45 minute plus 15 minutes of commercials uh <laughs> version of x y or z movie 
Um, sometimes, in, in, in especially, I think they did it almost all the time with uh, Lux Radio Theater, but um, sometimes with the original cast, too, they would bring in the original cast to make these truncated audio drama versions to, like, entice you to then go see the movie, but also just to earn money from the oh, sponsored yeah. radio program, as all of these were, uh, virtually all these programs were, had corporate sponsors. Hey, that that still continues today. <laughs> for sure, for sure. And uh, I don't know, as a, I find a lot of those commercials themselves um, interesting um, and funny, uh, like the very noteworthy show The Shadow, the kind of like proto superhero uh, kind of anti-hero figure, although he's more in the later episodes, he's more just like a hero hero. Uh, anyway, that show is sponsored by Blue Coal, hey. <laughs> which is exactly what it sounds like. And it's very funny to me. Um, but anyway, yeah, even the old commercials are kind of entertaining for, as you were mentioning, just that historical interest. Um, you'll hear a lot of like cigarette commercials, as unfortunately, that industry is like at the beating heart of um, ads in general and like the beginning of the marketing industry as we know it so a lot of these programs were sponsored by various cigarette companies or i've heard ones well a lot of them from the war period are getting government funding to beg for war bonds uh, get you to war buy bonds. war bonds so a lot of um interesting economics involved definitely and uh yeah interesting interactions with the other other mediums around because then tv shows up and begins to take a lot of the audience from uh you know not that people just like immediately stopped listening to radio and started watching television yeah. but you know just over time it starts to occupy more of people's media habits and radio less um it you know it begins to transform into like, you know, the kind of like either music or talk radio um, landscape that, you know, like I would remember growing up, for instance. Um, but yeah, once TV shows up, that effect kind of starts to happen. But you still even, you know, late into the 50s and even beyond, you still have um, really fascinating um, radio programs that aren't um, and not that not that music uh, broadcasts aren't aren't. Uh, awesome too but just in terms of my interest in radio drama um there's even some later stuff uh than that some revival programs like uh in the 70s and things um sorry i kind of lost my train no, of thought there you're loud i was following i'm i'm having a, a a tangent in my own head as well of like hmm i wonder if we put uh it, you know if there was a chart where we could compare modern podcasting to different eras of radio and <laughs> so many parallels yeah we just i, I think about that a lot making very random encounters my uh the uh improv fiction show that i make mm -hmm. because um a lot of these shows um you know it, it, some of these shows did have like bigger budgets you know big casts many crew um you know entire orchestras to play uh the music but the vast majority of these shows were a lot scrappier, um, mm -hmm. a lot lower budget done by like regional teams or 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 like, you know, individual artists at some w whatever station. And, you know, the actors in, in that local area and 
yeah that uh be, be just because of the nature of how radio works and and the the the, the way that it's dispersed and how it's going you you necessarily will need stations in all of these places you end up having then radio production talent in all of these places and so there are a lot of like small regional shows that uh to me like feel a lot like what i'm doing uh mm -hmm. in the modern day making a show like that of like a small group of collaborators making something just like not not necessarily worrying about putting out the most polished thing week in and week out, but just like try and entertain the audience, man. Give them what, you know, like uh, have a little fun, make something cool, um, be a little creative with it, entertain people every week. Uh, I, I There's there's a lot that I find uh, in common with uh, uh, those folks making making radio shows back then for sure. Oh, me too. Oh, my goodness. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if we uh, there was a a bim bam bit where they were like uh there was a Yahoo Answers and it's like what if there was like a, a horn and you blew the horn and like heroes from America's past would just come back for like twenty four hours do you think they could help us fix the world's problems and it's like well no they'd probably have a heart attack and die of like the common cold instantly but <laughs> yeah. um it's just like but what if we brought like just a handful of like radio people from the forties just back i know that some of them are still alive but not all of them well 40s orson wells is my 60, answer 80. to that general question of like who is the person from history you would want to have lunch with yeah uh I just... orson wells who is obviously um known famous for many things like the director of what many consider the best movie uh, but also he was a radio um uh you know he was Pioneer is bad language. What should I say? Uh, he was a um, trailblazer. You know, real trail ah! trailblazer, I guess. Um, you know, uh, he was an avant-garde artist um, in in radio, doing a lot of really cool things uh, in that era. And he would be my answer to uh, you know who would you want lunch with? Both be both because I love his movies mm -hmm. and I like The Shadow, which he was the first actor to play um, The Shadow. I like uh, you know like. You'll have probably heard of his War of the Worlds broadcast, oh, which like okay, that that rings a bell. Which like you probably heard like oh people heard it and they thought it was real and that they caused riots and people died and there were there and there were burnt buildings burned. All of that is an exaggeration. Um, Bruh. There might have been people who were convinced it was real, but more likely those reports oh, are like wait. essentially add like Orson Welles and company trying to generate buzz for the um kind of uh Oh no, I feel like I feel like it did realistic oh, I don't mean to interrupt you. No, I'm having a brain blast. I'm me from yeah. me my nineteen year old me is shooting a laser beam at me now, twenty seven. Like, remember this bitch? Uh, no, people did. <gasps> I'm pretty sure it was the War, War of the Worlds uh, podcast, yeah. the War of the Worlds radio podcast, yeah. <laughs> where people were listening to it and actually like calling the police like it scared the shit out of them. Yeah, they're they're Oh, my God. Like I was saying, it is that story is kind of an exaggeration. There might have been like a few calls like that that you're describing. True. But a lot of that story is like 
you know, if you think about it, that story is very beneficial to Orson Welles and company who are trying to get people to tune into their radio show every week. So, of course, they're going to go around telling people, yeah, yeah, there was like rioting in the streets and people were calling in thinking, you know, aliens were really coming. Although, you know, maybe there were like a few calls or whatever. Yeah. Um, no, that the same way that like a company today would be like, we were inundated with entries to our Snickers, which left, which do you want, <laughs> left or right? <laughs> well, fine, whatever. I'm sure you were inundated. Anyway, it's like, I don't know. I respect Or Orson Welles for the grind. <laughs> he was ahead of his time. Um, oh my god. But anyway, not only is it historically significant because you'll hear that, you'll just hear that broadcast uh, mentioned and referenced a lot in media. But also, it's just like a good listen. It's really well produced. It adapts War of the Worlds in a really clever way where a portion of it does play as uh, there's kind of like a second half that is a more traditional like there is a protagonist and uh, and that part's great, too. It's like a you know protagonist uh, solves problem, gets to ending kind of typical story. But Thanks. the first half of it does play as if it's a news broadcast telling you yep the aliens are here they're taking over aliens um and that uh that choice to adapt the story in that way is really really clever it's super effective it's a good use of the medium um so that's also a recommended listen for uh for folks um the shadow as i mentioned uh, also orson wells at the beginning uh but other actors over time really fun um the premise is a guy who can use like mind control techniques to make himself invisible to uh criminals so or, well to anyone but then he uses it to fight crime um very fun uh kind of hokey uh as a lot of this is the old superman show uh, the mm -hmm. old the what was it called the adventures of superman um very 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 hokey i mean it's like four children of course, uh, but it's very interesting if you're a fan of superheroes, as I am, because, you know, this is concurrent with the earliest Superman comics. So like Jimmy Olsen's first appearance in any medium is in the radio show, not the comic. Um, Wait, who's Jimmy Olsen? I'm not super familiar with. Uh... Yeah, he's like Superman's like uh, best, like in the earliest stories, he was like the copy boy at the the Daily or the. The Daily Planet is that I always get the stupid the the fake. Yeah, I feel you. I I don't know. I always get the fake journalistic institutions mixed up. <laughs> if it's the the bugle or the planet, to fucking whatever. I think it is the Daily Planet. The Superman works at. The sorry, Clark Kent, unrelated to Superman, <laughs> works at. Uh, but uh, in the oldest stories, Jimmy Olsen is like the copy boy assistant at uh, um, working for the planet. But then, in you know, he he grows up and is a young adult in in the newer stories uh but he was he's like uh superman's best friend who's always like kind of the audience surrogate uh in a lot of those early stories as superman would get down to shenanigans jimmy olsen uh or you know it would be jimmy olsen or lois lane would you know be in trouble and superman would have to save them or whatever but anyway um jimmy there was a character that the artist in the comic uh drew that was like a, a boy who was like an assistant in the the paper's office that would appear in background shots but was never named never had any lines um when the radio when the people started making the radio show it's kind of convention in 
kids shows and a lot of kids shows of that era where there would be a kid character or at least like a uh, quite young adult character that would be like the character that the kid would identify with. Um, you know, like the Lone Ranger had some like like in a yeah. anyway, yeah. a lot of shows would have that like a little kid that would be the ride along character. Um, and that was and, and so they made Jimmy Olsen. Um, to fit that role uh, in the radio show. And then the uh, comic creators, whose names I, I don't remember, um, you know, hearing what the radio people were doing, were like, oh, that's a cool character. And so then they made that background character that they had been drawing. They retconned him into being Jimmy Olsen from the radio show. Uh, so then the... the the character exists in both. Nice. Uh, so, uh, so arguably his first appearance is in the comics, but he, but the the character with a name Jimmy Olsen, uh, wasn't created until the radio show, and then yeah, they retconned him in as that background character, and then he appears a lot more in the comics. Uh, but anyway, yeah, that Superman radio show is really goofy. <laughs> uh, it's really strange to hear episodes where Superman will just like. You know, this isn't like the modern Superman with like moral compunctions about like breaking criminals' bones. Um, he will just like he will just like throw someone against a wall and shit. Um, Bro, but any, mostly he's a nice guy. But like, there's some moments where it's like, whoa! Like, hey, yo, uh, if they're the bad guy, there's kind of like no holds barred. Um, he doesn't kill anyone, but um, oh, good. Anyway, all of that, and most of the stories are like. By the standards of like modern superhero stories, like people would be like, boo, there's too much talking, more superpower stuff. Why isn't he fighting anything? <laughs> because a lot of it is just like him hanging out with Lois Lane or Jimmy Olsen or Perry White or weird characters that I don't even think exist in the comics. Like there's this character that he spends a few of the Superman serials with called tumbleweed tumbleweed jones no that's a non-binary like generic... name i've never heard it <laughs> he's just like a generic cowboy old man kind of i don't know much about <laughs> all this fancy city slick and stuff uh, but i do love my good friend clark kent and that and that unrelated flying man superman <laughs> um, anyway very strange show but also a very fun peek into early superhero history if that's uh Something you're into. Have I been going too long? No, not at all. You could keep talking forever okay. if I had any choice in the matter. So much I should mention. Like, this is like where game shows get their start and thus kind of in turn, um, where this is like the way before reality shows, but is kind of the origin point for game shows and reality shows and all of that. Um, all of that happens on the radio. Um, a lot of like contest shows is kind of where it begins. Um, I was listening. There's a really cool feed that archive.org has called the singles and doubles collection, which is shows where we only have one or two episodes extant. I use that as uh, listen as like sleeping fodder a lot. Mm -hmm. You kind of got to watch it out because sometimes that's a um, there's kind of a Schrodinger's racism thing that happens when you start it. You're like, I really hope this isn't a minstrel show that I'm turning on when it's just a Ooh. feed of random shows from that era, which unfortunately there were a lot of yep. uh, those. But anyway, 
Um, there are a lot of, of uh, unproblematic, fun oddities in that collection. And one of them that I was listening to uh, that's like me that was like a good example of like a uh, game show, but also like it was a hybrid with audio drama stuff. It was and again, we only have like one or two episodes of it, but it was called Road to Hollywood. And like aspiring actors would like, you know, compete for a a, a shot to be in the movies. And it just it just echoed so much of like, yeah, that could be any game show like today. <laughs> um, thought that was neat. Ah. I'm wondering because I'm like looking at it, I'm like, hmm. So we've got all these. I'm looking at podcasts and like content of today, and I'm like, is there like a beauty vloggers version of a radio show? Is there? Uh, I mean, I'm sure there was sports and, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. There were broadcasts on on tons of of subject matter. I don't I don't know in the all the particulars, um, but there were yeah there were educational broadcasts and like public service announcement broadcasts and yeah as you're saying like hobbyist broadcasts about certain subject matters uh tons and tons of stuff because uh not that it was the only game in town like you could go to a movie and see like a newsreel beforehand but um you know the convenience of being able to have it in your home um it kind of had a monopoly on that idea uh outside of like um records or books i suppose yeah. um for uh like serialized entertainment um sorry i kind of lost my train of thought oh, again my there. Bad. um uh other cool stuff um what else should i mention there's just so many genres as i mentioned the uh, soap operas were pretty popular one i've heard of but never listened to is one man's family i know air like was one of those shows that like aired for an unbelievable number of years and episodes is it just family guy um, please tell me it's just family guy <laughs> i mean probably <laughs> uh i haven't listened to it but there are a lot of like soap operas that were um you know analogous to yeah either like sitcoms or just like yeah like soap operas there's tons of stuff oh i should just mention like uh i i kind of talked about this before with like archive.org or um that fourbull.co.uk are good starting points. But you can also just search, like open up a podcast app and just search old radio um, because of their uncopyrighted status. There are a ton, ton, ton of people who repackage them in uh, into podcast feeds. A lot of them are really nice. There's a guy, Adam Graham, uh, who makes a lot of them that have really nice historical information at the top and bottom uh, you know the beginning of and the end of the broadcast um there's another guy there's andrew rines i think does the is the name of the other guy there's a bunch of uh in other words there's a bunch of uh middle-aged uh white midwestern boomers who uh, who have kindly repackaged this material for you into podcast feeds that you can find either just by searching like old radio and whatever genre or just like um, old radio or old radio and the name of the show you'll probably find a podcast feed of it somewhere oh man i you know i part of me wants to like if if you're looking for something in particular part of me wants to be like hey sean you got any pitches <laughs> yeah no for sure ask people like what their favorites are it, it, like if you know anybody and this is to listeners too like I'm sure anybody who's into this would be happy to tell you like their favorite because it's like not a hobby you really get to talk to that many people about outside of like hobbyist spaces. Yeah. So like 
the idea of a person in real life wanted to ask me what my favorite radio broadcast <laughs> i think i think most of us would be happy to to tell you what our favorites are um my favorites are probably Andy Matson, quiet please um what else do i mean i, I really like suspense i some other of my particular favorites um there's a there are quite a few detective shows that I really like. Um, there's a oh what's the sorry I'm blanking on the name of the show. Um, Casey Crime Photographer is a fun one. It's a very like lighthearted detective show about a guy who uh, you know he's a photographer for the paper who always just winds up either accidentally falling into being the photographer at the scene of a crime or is like assigned to it by the paper and then ends up solving the crime for the police. That's a fun one. Oh, um, yeah, I could just sit here listing shows forever, but you probably get I, I've probably listed enough recommendations. Um, and yeah, if listeners end up um, checking stuff out, uh, let me know. Or if they want recommendations, you can let me know either in the hyperfix discord in the appropriate channel or just message me on twitter or whatever um i'd be happy to recommend stuff please do because now i now my bedtime routine is about to get a new new glow up the shadow is is prime bedtime material um now how how scary is it uh usually not exceptionally scary i mean it's like only as scary as you are paying attention like you can't really be that scared to a narrator telling you something scary unless you're paying attention to it. You know okay. what I mean? I get I get I have I get the super spook em ups real easy. Well, you should actually prime prime. Uh, I, I am kind of fucked up. I <laughs> listen to a lot of horror stuff to fall asleep. So I'm the wrong person to ask about that, about how scary something is. I don't find suspense or um, that sort of thing all that scary, but. Uh, or the shadow. The shadow is not scary at all. You could listen to the shadow. That's good sleeping material. Um, Superman is. It's literally a kids show. Great sleeping material. Very funny and and like weird. Um, I love a mystery. Is a good like kind of young adult oriented, um, serialized mystery show. Hell yeah. Okay. So I'll I'll. Many places to go. I'm, uh, this is also giving me some, like, a little bit of, um, uh, the episode hasn't released as of recording. Uh, it releases in, uh, Jesus, what are you doing? Get off my desk. Ugh. Jesus, first interruption of the season. Um, the, so, uh, we, me and Lewis sat with, uh, our guest Demon and we talked about the Magnus archives and I feel like that definitely yeah, has yeah. some, uh, I listened to you all oh, of that dude. show. Oh, uh, dude, is it like? It's definitely not as scary as the Magnus Archives because that freaks me out a little bit, but in a good way. Like it's entertaining and I enjoy it, but I definitely cannot listen to it at night. I don't think there are any. I mean, it depends what show. There are episodes of Quiet Please that are scary as oh. fuck, <laughs> but like, but like some like other shows, no. Like there's there's a quote unquote horror show called Inner Sanctum that's a lot of fun. That's like more like. You know, it's that it's that kind of like uh, Tales from the Crypt style, like, oh, a hor- there's even a horror host kind of guy oh. who's like, ooh, <laughs> isn't that ghoulish? Uh, he like always uses like, you know, very like ghoulish puns and things in between I the story. But um, yeah, there's kind of like every kind of horror uh, because 
Like it's not just a, um, you know, it's it's it, we're talking about tons and tons of shows. So you, it runs the gamut of how scary um, some real scary episodes of Quiet Please, though, that I really love. Um, but uh, yeah, I, if you just want something to fall asleep to, I think The Shadow is probably the best recommendation. It's, it's uh, easy right in the strike zone. Um, I do want to point out. Um, I just realized this mm. now as I was looking something up. Uh, one of the sponsors for suspense for like it that that show mm-hmm. suspense. Um, it's one of its longest running sponsors for like one of the the best eras of the show was Roma Wines. It's me. So it's you. I I don't know. I just feel like you, you know as a something to also tack on to the bit of with my name and Italian advertisements. Um, my friends are currently. I don't know if they took this photo in Japan, whether they they went to Japan and returned and took the photo or it was in Japan, but there's a place called Tony Roma's and my partner's name is Tony. So oh, it's yeah, just yeah. like, ah, that's our place. Oh, we wow. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> um, that's true. Yeah. So it's like I'm on the bottom of all your pizza boxes. Tony's making all your pizzas. Uh, just think about us and the hyperfixation next time you eat that that hot slice of pie. <laughs> Or drink your Roma wine. That's I don't awesome. know if they're still around. I don't either. But if they are, I want. I, I don't even drink all that much. But I'll take. I'll take a token bottle of Roma wine. That's fine. They should actually. They should give it to me at a discount. Uh, but I did have another question. Uh, so, we we've been talking a lot about podcasts that are really great for sleeping too, and I know a lot of people don't necessarily listen to uh, podcasts when they go to sleep. There's some. There's. I'm sure there's a lot of people who do. But I know a lot of people listen to podcasts while they work or while they're doing an activity. So would you say these are also ah, good yeah. for doing an activity or working podcasts? Or do you have other recommendations for like something you're more listening to? Oh, I, I I absolutely um, use this for for that as well. I will probably pick the slightly headier stuff if I'm like actually awake because like the kid we're talking about like media that was oriented towards like young adults uh 70 years ago it's going to be pretty like uh dame and and kind of like um middle of the road you know not very you know certainly not provocative um but you know some of the the more sophisticated stuff is is really really fascinating still as a modern listener um there is an experimental show called um it's got such a generic name so i'm afraid i'm gonna get it wrong it's called the cbs radio workshop um they've got a really fantastic um adaptation of uh brave new world uh, in like two parts um that's a good like that's a super great uh if you're just uh working and want an audio drama to listen to i would recommend that's a, a great one i could recommend they do it's just got really great foley um uh both on that episode, but also on that program generally. Um, that's a good recommendation for something that's like, you know, go- in- in- engaging enough uh, that it's not going to put you to sleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm recommending suspense for everything, <laughs> but suspense also has a lot of great episodes. Um, Quiet, please. I would also put into this category of like, it's better when you can pay attention. Um, Quiet, please, again, is is one of those anthology horror shows. What's great about it, it's it's the the 
every episode stars the same guy, um, Ernest Chappell. And um, he was originally a radio announcer, but then the creator of the show, Willis Cooper, worked with him in something or another and just recognized his voice was not just perfect as a radio announcer, but had this kind of like everyman quality. Um, and it really does. And so he brings this like real this warmth and this um, very personal quality to like all of the main characters that he plays in every mm-hmm. episode. And a lot of them turn out to be, you know, part of the horror themselves, either, you know, they're in they're Oh, it turns out they're uh, the the person talking was like a killer. or They get uh, possessed by the monster by the end of it or whatever. Um, but he always kind of like lulls you into false sense of security <gasps> by his. Um, I love that. Uh, but just like really calm and like personable and um, kind of like he plays a lot of like working class characters and, and gets like the the kind of the dialect right in it. Uh, great, great show. Quiet, please. Um, uh, what the 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 episode that you will hear recommended for it, uh, I would also recommend um, it's called thing on the forble board that's where that website forble.co.uk gets its what oh. its name from thing on the forble board is a horror st- it's basically like a we dug too far uh horror genre of horror story about an oil derrick uh and they and they dug too far uh into the earth and uncovered something unholy <gasps> so if that's like your kind of horror um thing on the forble board is it's it's like it's that kind of horror that is not necessarily like terrifying in the moment i mean it is scary in Mm -hmm. the moment but it's just like the idea and the kind of the picture sticks with you for a long time because it's really uh oh i don't want to give too much away the ending of that (laughs) is incredible think of the formal board's great um on the uh so this will be a bummer i'll probably do more of these so so as of when we're recording this, I'm going to do a stream tomorrow. So you already missed that one, listener. But I'll probably do, be doing more of these uh, streams where I'm just uh, playing a game and putting OTR in the background because, uh, as I've reiterated, you you can do that freely. One of the shows uh, that I'm going to play tomorrow in tomorrow's stream is another Quiet Please episode called Northern Lights. Um, that is this really eerie sci-fi um horror thing that uh uh story that really makes good use of of the human voice as like something to scare you the the, the monster is voiced by a person um mm-hmm. and there's there's a lot of scary sounds a person can uh-huh. can make with their voice it turns Ooh. out and uh yeah that episode of quiet please northern lights is a good example Ooh. oh i'm excited for this cuz i uh i I I'm prepared. My evening's been blocked off. I'm I'm here for this stream. Um and I also love Yay, I'm glad. You should hop into the the call too and uh cuz like the my idea for it is just like uh if I if I end up being just silent and letting it play, that's great. If if I end up like commenting just by myself, that's great, but also if we can mystery science theater it and get more voices just just commenting on whatever however we react to it as it goes. You know, perfect. Um You'll be, I don't have Minecraft, but I do play a shit ton of Rocket League. So um, I do also get very into Rocket League. So I could just imagine like some yeah. really intense moment happens and I'm like, ah, God damn it. <laughs> just start yelling out of nowhere. 
we were yeah. uh, what was it the once miss wonders episode that was recorded recently um me and jakey were watching it uh is it once miss wonders i can't remember but yeah, it yeah. was that musical and we were watching the musical and i was playing rocket league but i wasn't like totally watching the movie at the moment and sit very same thing i would be like oh shit and it's like the guy did something really shitty and it just worked out really perfectly in tandem so hopefully i can bring that same Insane. energy <laughs> yeah fun. it would be fun oh we i am so prepared for tomorrow i am so prepared for my new lifestyle of golden age radio listening um Hell yeah, hell we yeah, have- hell yeah. I love this shit, so I'd love more people to talk about it with. Uh, that goes to listeners, too, so uh, nerd out with me anytime. Please do. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to mention uh, about the Golden Age Radio? or? I mean, there's a trillion things I should, but I would just be sitting here listing shows till the cows come home, and I think I listed enough recommendations. Probably too many. Well, then then you can just pull me in a call anytime and keep talking in my ear. <laughs> okay. Um, Will do. So, what do I... Man, I feel... I Just before we get into like the outros and stuff, I just kind of want to like summarize and recap. Like I love how... There was what I thought I knew, and there's just, you know, you can kind of just like, oh, I just kind of know this thing exists, and that's all there is to it, um, and like live in blissful ignorance. But now that the, the curtain has been drawn, and I can see all these beautiful qualities and like how the moving parts of media have been over the years and working in tandem with other beautiful forms of media, like music, acting, movies, radio, and it's just so fulfilling, you know what I mean, of like, oh, like... It's the, yeah. the, the my my worldview has opened up a little bit more um and also being able to recognize media with like modern eyes of like okay like yes it's problematic but there's there's still a lot of good in there um well not all of it's problematic but you know there's there's qualities to it due to its time yeah there's kind of like uh it's as long as you it sometimes it's uh difficult to be able to have that kind of historical distance but if you can if you are able to uh stomach uh just the historicity of it all um and 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 seeing uh because you know it is a way to peer into history yeah. uh radio and um uh yeah you see many many facets of history and a lot of those are good and a lot of those are bad uh but it's a good window into yeah. all of it and to be able to kind of see how times have changed but also like there, there's good ways that history you know usually when say People say, oh, history repeats itself. It's usually a bad thing because of like, we, we maybe we, yeah. Uh, yeah, but kinda... yeah. But good, th- good things keep happening yeah. too. Yeah, that's absolutely a good point. And I don't think I ever thought of it. Pr- yeah, like, like we still, we all sit on a train and read our newspapers, but now it's, we're on a, we're on a bus and we're looking at our smartphones. Like it's, you know, it's, it's all yeah. very similar. We've been doing the same stuff, but it's, it's different because, you know, technology and, and societal norms. So I think it's just kind of neat. Like, ah, so what I'm doing now, if I, if I got to pick my yield golden age, golden age radio guy and was like, Hey, by the way, we're still doing the same shit, but like, check this out. Look at Adobe auditions. This shit's insane. (laughs) 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 Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of the, I mean, a, a lot of the stuff that, we use now in terms of like software and and equipment uh like like uh, modern DAWs digital audio workstations like Adobe Audition or Reaper or Pro Tools etc cetera, etc cetera, um 
that their origin is um in production for radio i'm yeah. primarily um but but all, you know all all mediums but but uh a lot for radio so so i'm sure you're a radio guy if if uh he hasn't seen adobe <laughs> edition on in particular uh he's absolutely seen something absolutely. like it and after his small heart attack uh it'd be kind of neat to be like but check out what we could do <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It goes on. Well, I mean, I, I I guess I would push back and say like they were doing this shit. They were doing fascinating shit back then too. I mean, it is kind of mind blowing, like the wealth of um like sound effects libraries that you can get for free nowadays, and and music libraries, and so we can very cheaply build very very sweeping grandiose um and and just because of the high fidelity of what we're able to broadcast with like. You know, there's not uh, radio static yeah. and and terrible, rec- you know, it's high quality. Uh, so there's a lot that we can do in that regard that we couldn't. But just in terms of like pushing the envelope, storytelling, using audio like they were doing it back then, yeah. too. Um, it's it's uh, there's always been cool shit. And then like, you know, I, I assume normally they would have to record within the same room or same vicinity. Uh, but it's like I can. Uh yeah, a lot of these broadcasts were live. Yeah. Um, and so like performed live, and so you'll hear line flubs and things like that. Um, so it feels a lot like a uh, attending a theatrical performance in that regard. A lot of other shows were pre-recorded, or um, you'll to use the parlance of the time, or or like the language that you'll hear in those episodes. They'll say it's uh by transcription. That's how they would say it. As in like this is pre-recorded. This isn't a live broadcast it's you know we we had these record actors you know record earlier and they would say that that is a broadcast by transcription um but a lot of them were live 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 with like live musical performers live actors we need to step Um, our game up the commercials and announcers were done live i mean we do that we do that shit too on twitch it's like all the same shit like you were but saying, I don't have like a band. History keeps repeating well, itself. Moonshot needs a band. That's true. That's true. <laughs> we do, yo. Like, so, there are a lot of us. That play, I play the trumpet. There's a lot of us that play instruments. Like, we could get into that. Moonshot happening. band, and then we do full, full ass uh, Riley Hopkins and their amazing friends live broadcasts. Yo. I'm just saying. I'm pitting, you know. I have an In- ideas <laughs> guy sometimes, but this needs to happen. You would need a lot of uh, audio equipment, but between the lot of us, we probably yep. already have it. Oh, yep. Okay. It's a plan now. I've decided. <laughs> cool. I think uh, I'm yes, done. Valid. Uh, I think I've talked all my radio things. You did all things. the things. Thank you for coming and sharing with me your, your Golden Age radio knowledge. Yeah. Thanks for giving me the space to uh, yeah, info. Yeah. Now, where can people find you on the internet to ask you for more recommendations? Yeah, yeah, you can get at me at Singular Wheels on Twitter or TikTok or on a bunch of Discord servers for the, either the Hyperfix Discord server or Moonshot. I'm in both of those. Uh, I'm around uh, Singular Wheels, uh, all those places. Also, you can listen to me on Very Random Encounters. That's my weekly tabletop actual play uh, audio fiction podcast. Um, it really is. Um, about the improv 
the role playing, the audio fiction aspects first and kind of the game aspects second. Um, a lot of it is really informed by my listening of of this era. We make a lot of fantastic fucking audio fiction every week in a variety of genres because we do shorter seasons in any genre using a ton, a ton of role playing games. So um, folks should listen to very random encounters if they like audio fiction. Um, and then uh, keep an eye out in the mid to long future for uh, my show, Total Depravity, where I talk about religious Hell studies. Hell yeah, speaking of religious studies, if you want to hear more of Wheels of Hyperfixations and uh, maybe you're a, a fairly recent listener, uh, go back to season two, episode 12, when we talk about the Cathar Crusade. And all the way back in season one, episode 13, we talked about the Sethians. So check those Hell out yeah. if you haven't already. Cool beans. Am I, am I good to do my, my outros? Yeah, I'll throw away. Cool beans. You can find me on the internet at I appreciate your butt at the twitter.com. That is I-A-P-P-R-E-C-I. Uh, the number eight, U-R-B-U-T-T. I got it right. Hell yeah. Um, woo! Yay! So you can find me on uh, Twitter and TikTok uh, accordingly. Um, and you can also find me at Tumblr at I appreciate, I appreciate your butt, but spelled out correctly. <laughs> um <laughs> and you can find this podcast as a whole at the Hyperfix Pod on TikTok, Twitter, and Tumblr. So uh, check us out, uh, whichever works best for your social media desires. Um, and then uh, we got brilliant and pre-recorded all the other plugs, so I can stop there. <laughs> Thank you to the Moonshot Network for making this podcast possible. You can find the Moonshot Network and many other podcasts this network has to offer at Moonshot Pods on Twitter.com. You can also find them on Twitch at Moonshot Network, where they do amazing streams regularly, as well as charity streams like our upcoming Moon Carnival in May. Thank you to Offuskate, that is O-F-U-S-K-A-T-E, for our intro and outro music. So if you need a podcast intro and outro music of your own, check them out on SoundCloud, Instagram, and Twitter. You can find this podcast as a whole at the Hyperfix Pod at Twitter.com as well as TikTok and Tumblr. This podcast has been edited by our amazing, lovely editor, Kingdom, and you can find them at Twitter.com forward slash Tachyon Kingdom. Did you know we have a Patreon? Did you know that you could support your fellow NeuroSpicy co-hosts in their endeavors to learn everything in the world, so they've contacted other NeuroSpicy individuals to info dump on them. Uh, you can you can support them at patreon.com forward slash the hyperfixation. Uh, and for as little as one dollar a month, you too can get early access to all these episodes. And you can also get bonus content, extra videos like right now, there is an hour and a half video about the Exosisters out. You didn't even know that, did you? Um, so yeah, go check out our Patreon. That would be awesome. And thank you. One of the things that a lot of these shows do the, when the person reading the credits is trying, is, credit, is reading their own credit to be like, and I am the person reading these <laughs> credits. Um, or, or like, you know, I'm the announcer who's been reading these credits. Um, they'll often say, uh, like, if I were saying it, then maybe this is the way we could uh, yeah. close off is both of, both of us doing is they would say, 
This is Wheels speaking. <laughs> I don't know. I just think this is Romy speaking. Good night. <laughs> Hell yeah. Roma Wines present Suspense. Roma Wines, made in California for enjoyment throughout the world. Salute! Your health, senor. Roma Wines toast the world. The wine for your table is Roma Wine, made in California for enjoyment throughout the world. Lights. Camera. Adaptations. Ever watched your favorite book become a movie and said, huh, well that certainly was a weird decision? Of course you have. Hollywood is constantly making changes for their adaptations, and this podcast aims to answer the question of why. Join host Emma Shannon and a different guest every month on Unnatural Selection, a new Moonshot Network podcast, as they talk about a film, its source material, and what makes an adaptation good, faithful, and less commonly, good and faithful. Check out episode one, coming to a podcatcher near you on February 15th.